go, here we go. Yeah, Devo, just let me know. Late again. Tut, tut. He shakes his head in disgust uh, for the fact that Gav Mac is late for the Bundesliga show. Welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, it's me and Flo tonight. And the reason why I'm late is because I was playing the darts tournament. I was playing the semi-final and I got beat good and proper, if I'm honest. I got, I got proper lesson taught to me. I lost 11-4 against a guy who I found out is semi-professional, which is bloody annoying, but it is what it is. How are you, Flo Ziff? I'm fine. Back from vacation, so still have a little bit of uh, bronze skin on me. I hope it lasts for a little while. But I'm quite shocked that you, as a professional dart player, lose to some semi-professional. Oh, I wish I was a professional, honestly. It's, it's the aim. It's the aim. Hopefully, when I do become pro in the dart game, it will allow me to pay for really cool things for MAD Sports Network. Um, hi, everybody. Hi, 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 everybody. Uh, so on this week's show, um, the... Uh, the Wolfen's words of wisdom are back. We will be talking about transfer deadline day and some of the key transfers that happened in the Bundesliga this summer, as well as a roundup of everything, of course, which has been happening in Germany. Um, Flo, one of the things that did happen on transfer deadline day, I don't know if this is actually going to be part of your words of wisdom, so I'll give you a I'll say I'll say one name, and if it is part of your words of wisdom, then we will stop. If it's not, then we'll continue with the chat. I say one word; it'll be two words. Philip Kostic. It's not a part of the words of wisdom, so we can continue we can. and have some chit chat about Philip Kostic, Armin Yunus. I don't know who else who tried to force this. <laughs> It's, it's, it's a change that's transferred this summer. Yes, yes. So basically what has happened and what has sort of like come to light is that Philip Kostic was on his way to Lazio, but it was reported that a fake email address was given to the agent of Philip Kostic to Lazio, meaning that he wasn't able to make his move before transfer deadline day. However, it has come to light that Lazio, the email address that Lazio received, didn't have a K, literally the letter K in the email address. So therefore it didn't go through and he wasn't able to make his move. If he was to go to Lazio, how big of a blow would that have been to Frankfurt? Well, I think if you're missing a K and you have an agent who doesn't see it, you have a shit agent. So. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it was a move from Frankfurt, which I would kind of like as a sneaky move, but even if, if it was a move from the club, you have Lazio, you have the player, you have the agent. If no one realizes it, then come on, guys, I can't help you. So <laughs> this whole thing, I can't really believe that it's true, but it's uh, it's quite a funny story. Yeah, it's... Um... I think it's piss poor. Um, and the fact is that it isn't part of your words of wisdom. We will come back to transfer deadline day later on in the show. Of course, if you don't know already, if you put MAD Sports Network into Google slash Mad Sports Network into Google, our name comes up first, which is pretty damn shiny. Um, so why don't we start with Frankfurt? And they they drew one apiece with Armenia Bielefeld away from home. Armenia Bielefeld undefeated this season can they go the season and beat and flow 
Yeah, there will be the new Leicester City of Germany and uh, New Arsenal. What are you com- about? New combined Arsenal. Le- Leicester City and Arsenal. Mm. Here we go. There we go. Unbelievable Invincibles from the Bielefelder Alm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bielefeld. They, they they made a good account of themselves. This is the this is the the shout for the goalkeeper potentially as well for for the German national side. It is international break right now, and I believe that Neuer is injured, so there is a, a battle, and it's a shame because it could have been it could have been Stefan Ortega between the sticks, but he will never get selected by Germany, and it pisses me off. That is not. But Kevin Trapp is part of the squad, along with Burton Leno as well. So are we saying that Kevin Trapp is going to be the number one for, for Germany in this break? I can imagine that Kevin Trapp has, is, is a little, has a slight advantage compared to Bernd Leno. I don't know why, because from my point of view, Bernd Leno is the better goalkeeper. Maybe Kevin Trapp has the better personality on the pitch. He's more more of a leader kind of guy. Mm. But just in goalkeeping techniques and on the line, Bernd Leno is better for me. But um, it doesn't really matter in Germany. So there's not a big discussion about it because everyone knows if Manuel Neuer returns or if Testing returns, one of those players will play. Fair but, enough. Um, you, as, you as an Arsenal fan and me as a Leverkusen fan, we both experience Bernd Leno now. And it's interesting that you say... He's he's worse than Trap. I say he's better than Trap. Yeah, you got you got the good Leno. We 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 got the bad one. Um, but Bielefeld, this is a really positive start for them this season, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Unbeaten run, but uh, still, it's just three draws. And I would have preferred, I don't know, to have a win, a draw, and a loss because that's one point more. Mm. And if you draw too many times, especially as a club like Bielefeld which will be at the bottom of the table somewhere. I'm not saying they'll be, they'll be at, at rock bottom, but they'll be somewhere between, I don't know, 14th and 18th. Mm. And you need wins more than draws. Yeah, if definitely. I could choose as Bielefeld, I would always choose in three games, one win and two losses instead of three draws. Because draws don't carry you somewhere and wins do. Very true. Um, Hauger scored the opening goal for Frankfurt. I think he was one of the players that Devo called out as ones to watch this season as well. So what what do you think of his performances so far this season? I've been quite impressed with him. Um, I like that he scored already because this pushes the self-confidence and, you know, sometimes you just get into a flow like Andre Silva did last season and you're getting pushed by the media and somehow everyone sees you as a great striker, which obviously no one can understand when you're looking at Andre Silva. Am I right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I don't want to talk about Andre Silva. Yeah, to be honest, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that his, his appearances were brilliant because the whole Frankfurt team played very poorly so far this season. Yeah, and they, they still need to adapt to the new coach. But it's good for Jens Peter Hauge that he has a new signing, that he has his two goals on, the, on his sheet. And did his job properly, let's say it so. And he did what he was he suspected, maybe even more. Mm-hmm. And this is a little promising for the future when the whole Frankfurt team has adapted to the way Adi, uh, yeah, Oliver Glasner wants to play. Nearly said Adi Hütter, former coach, getting yeah. totally confused with all the Austrians and the <laughs> Austrian coaches in the Bundesliga. <laughs> yeah. No, from but as I'm going with Devo, that 
Jens Petterhaug is still is someone to watch for this season. Yeah, well, I think so too. Um, you, you mentioned about coaches doing bits and bobs. One coach doing major bits, in my opinion. Give that guy a knighthood, Bo Svensson. He is picked up six points from a possible nine games. So Mainz are doing all right. And they won 3-0 at the weekend against Gruta Furt. And Gruta are one of the other teams that we expect to be in the bottom two slash bottom three, are they not? So this was a comfortable, comfortable victory for Mainz. And they look and they look pretty good. Lukoki with the opening goal. Shall I? He looked pretty shiny as well. And Stoger um, with uh, the goal to to put the game to bed in deep into injury time. But this is this is a mad game actually. You think about it because Mites winless in their last six games against Grutefurt, and also without a goal in their last three games against them as well. So this was a statement victory. It was, and it was a victory that said, okay, we won't have anything to do with relegation this season. I mean, the first, you can always start a season with a win and play a shitty season. I remember Augsburg last season, for example, had a promising start, and in the end, they were closely to getting relegated. Mm. But I'm really convinced that Mainz, with the, with the end of last season and the start of this season already, they have confidence. They played against a direct opponent and uh, had a clear win. With three, three nil, and um, yeah, this this will show them that they're strong enough to not have anything to do with relegation. Mm-hmm. This will give them the confidence to to grab some points on their way, and will be in a relaxed situation in April, May. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing a lot more of Mites this season. I think the way they ended last season, the second half of the season, they were just phenomenal, weren't they? And like from, say like February, March time, do you remember, remember like every week we were looking at their fixtures going, right, they're going to get beat this week, they're going to get beat this week, they're going to get beat this week. And if you actually look at the form guide, they were top three, I believe. Um, they were even top of the table of the form guide for a, for a hot minute because Bayern would try and do everything they could to mess up the title chain, the challenge. And um, ended up obviously romping the league, but Mainz were just they were they were a joy to watch, weren't they? I think I lost flow for a hot minute. Is uh, I'm sorry, I, sh- I should be back now. Yeah, I, I can still hear you. That's it keeps happening with Devo as well. You just got a very cheeky grin on the screen. And we can live with that. I like that. So, um, yeah, Mites, they are a joy to watch in the moment, do you think? Um, yes, they are, because they play as a team. And um, this is one of the major achievements that both Winston did, that he somehow bring back the old Mind spirit. Yeah, Mainz never had these this expensive players and, and star players. They lost that way a little. With the the money they secured from that uh, up to Jello transfer to Dortmund or the Gibraltar transfer to Everton, when they signed many players for like five to ten million in between that uh, that area, yeah. but now it seemed that they yeah at the right time found their way back to the old mind style, and I really like it, with, especially with Christian Heidel, who didn't uh, where it didn't work out well at Schalke, but it seems to work out well at Mainz again when he was there 25 years ago. Uh, for 25 years until he made the move to Schalke. And yeah, it looks quite promising. Mm, it does. Um, there's a little bit of chat going on, which is nice. I love when people are in the comments. 
And feel free, anybody who is watching, to get involved in the comments, whether it be via Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, however you want to get in contact with us, you are more than welcome to get yourself involved in the chat. Um, and uh, and Joshua is in the chat. He says, big up Gavin Flow, Leverkusen are top. And he also said that uh, Andrik is going to be a first choice and he wants to see Andrik and Palacios in that double pivot position. And uh, Leverkusen, a very emphatic win over Augsburg. Augsburg, they always try against your boys. They always do. But this is now 20 games without a victory against Leverkusen. One of the longest runs in Bundesliga going. So... Uh, this game was, was kind of mad. Two fantastic own goals. Iago's chip, honestly, that should be down for goal of the month. It really should be. Um, Niederlechner uh, with a lovely diving header at his near post as well for another own goal before him finding himself at the other end and pulling one back. But Patrick Schick with a nice goal and then Florian Verts um, rounding um, round keeper as well. This was comfortable victory for your boys, Flo. In the end, it seemed to be comf uh, comfortable, but in between, especially in the second half, um, it was a little endangered because Augsburg was just one goal away from Leverkusen and they were they became better in counter-pressing. They had their moments. Luckily for us, Augsburg is offensively totally rubbish this season. Yeah, yeah. So they, they has, had some good wins in the midfield and some promising counter-attacks, but they never really played it out until the end. Mm -hmm. And the big advantage by Leverkusen is, is if Leverkusen is in the lead, you have so many rapid players and we're such a good uh, counter-attacking team. It's always dangerous to, to run uh, or to play against us when we are in the lead. And this is what happened with the 3-1 and 4-1. Those were two goals for counter-attacks. And um, we should have secured the game earlier. We should have put it to bed earlier. And in the first half already, when we scored the first two goals, Augsburg was devastated. Afterwards, Leverkusen had chances to uh, to seal the game already after half an hour, but yeah. they didn't. And then it came back. And this is uh, what separates the, the team from a very big club like Bayern Munich, because Bayern Munich would have sealed it and the yeah. game would have been put to bed by halftime. Mm -hmm. So Leverkusen needed to, um, yeah, to struggle a little during second half. But it's great to see that the, the counter-attack is working and that Gerardo Sewan, from my point of view, managed to um, bring the potential from some players on the pitch. From my point of view, was, for example, Kevin, Karen Demirbay mm -hmm. was always one of the best players in all matches, also in the cup match against Leipzig. And he's, he's playing in total, totally different style now than he did it under Peter Boss. Yeah. He's more confident, he's, he's taking more responsi responsibility on the pitch. And I really, I'm not a Demirbay fan. But I like the so way he develops. Yeah, I, I like Demo Bay. I'm, I'm a fan of him. I am a fan. Um, one player I'm a fan of is Mitchell Backer, and it was his mistake which allowed it to become uh, like come back to two one. But I sort of let him off a little bit because that is the only mistake he made in the game. It's the only mistake he's made all season, and it hasn't affected the result. I'm just really, I'm, I'm just a little bit cautious. Well, he was, he was responsibly for the uh, responsible for the penalty in the Gladbach match a week ago. And I, I really like to see Mitchell Bakker's way of playing, but he <laughs> somehow plays a little bit uncontrolled. He's like, he's so much power, 
so much energy, but sometimes it seems that he does, it appears that he does know how to control it, especially in some defensive situation. Yeah, and I think that's something that's going to change in time. You know, like he's so. he's still new to the club at the end of the day. So there's going to be little things. He's going to make mistakes. He's still a young player, you know, he's in his very early 20s. So these are things that you you rather get out of the way now in your in the early stages of your career rather than making these mistakes when you're 28, 29, you know. So I, I've got faith in him. I think he's going to do bits. I'm really excited to see more of his development over the next couple of years. I think he's, I think he's, I think he's a, a player that is definitely going to go to the top. I really do. Um, and um, that is pretty much where Leverkusen are. They're at the top and um, very close by are Wolfsburg. Wolfsburg with a 1-0 win over Leipzig. And I am worried about Leipzig. Are you worried about Leipzig, Flo? I'm not worried about Leipzig. It's a little bit of a normal process. I mean, they lost their key defender, they lost their captain, they lost Konate, their coach. So the whole team, the whole club has to regroup a little. And this takes some time sometimes. And um, yeah, they'll, they'll have the time in Leipzig. And if they just finish Europa League this season, won't be a problem for the club because they have big backup with Red Bull behind their backs. And um, mm. they'll attack the season afterwards, but Leipzig still has a lot of quality in the club. I mean, don't forget they signed Andre Silva, second best uh, or second most successful striker Who? In the last season. I some Portuguese guy. I, oh, I, I, oh, I oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I've heard of him. I think I've heard of him. Um, yeah. yeah, so shit, bloke. Um, I'm quite sure that Leipzig will will get the turn and uh, grab some wins. Yeah, for real. Uh, one player that I'm really happy is back in the Bundesliga for Wolfsburg. He wasn't a part of the match day squad this weekend. Uh, is Luca Waldschmidt? I'm really happy that he's back. Yeah, it's good good for the Bundesliga to have um, promising young German players. Or in general, he's a German national player. He has some caps in the league but I don't really get I don't know what's your opinion about that move from the Waldschmidt uh, kind of view or point of view but I don't really get it if you make the move to Benfica Lissabon just stay there for a year and then return yeah two years because you need some time if you're going abroad to adapt to the culture, to the league, to everything. You can say the same thing about Chiro Immobile though can't you like Immobile has always left and and gone back to Italy every, every time when he when he came to Dortmund when he went to when he went to Spain he wasn't there for very long it's almost like he got homesick but good player you know and I, I feel the same with Val Schmidt I thought I thought Val Schmidt was just trying to go down a different route in order to get into the into the big time you know and this is not a disrespect to the Bundesliga because everybody knows how much respect I have for the Bundesliga and what a big league, in my opinion, I believe it is. But when you leave the Bundesliga to go to a league like um, Liga Nos, I just think this is the time for you to do something a little bit different, you know, go off the cuff a little bit. So I was expecting him to be coming back home very soon, but I'm glad he is. Well, Liga Nos at least is uh, now the top five league. Really? By contrast to the, to the French league. That is true. <laughs> that is true. Bundesliga. But, but the Wolfsburg, 
Wolfsburg move is, is good for everyone. I mean, like, uh, Waldschmidt is playing for a Champions League contender now, a Champions League participant. He's able to play his way back into the side of uh, Hansi Flick, the new German head coach of the national team. Yeah. Also, is getting a very good player. A different striker compared to um, Wout Vickers. Yeah. By the way, talking about deadline day, are you surprised that Wout Vickers stayed in Wolfsburg? Yes, I really am. I I thought he was going to make a big move. He's a wonderful, wonderful striker, does all different bits and bobs. You know, he can be that hold up man. He can be the near post guy. He can slip, slap one from 20 yards out. He can get that link up play and feed it out wide and cross it into someone else. You know what I mean? Like be, be the decoy player. So I, I I thought he was going to make a major move and there was a lot of talk about him towards the end of last season, if you remember, but it all got quiet, didn't it? As soon as it got to like June, July, you know, I know the Euros were on at that point, but I thought, so I thought we had a good Euros as well, but I, I, I just felt that he was going to make a move. I'm glad he stayed and I'm glad Wolfsburg on the whole have kept a lot of their big names and not their bigger names than the, the, the team that pretty much got them into the Champions League. So I, I, I'm happy for them. And they've added to their side as well. You know, they've got Aaron Felix and Mencher. Um, they've brought in uh, Val Schmidt, as we've spoken about. They've brought in Bornell, who I know you love because he plays for Cologne, played for Cologne. But on the whole, like, he was one of their standout players last season. So I, I, I'm, I'm a fan of, of the movements that, that Wolfsburg have made. And they had one, one interesting uh, move away from the club with Marine Pongracic going to Dortmund. Yeah, should I, we talk about Dortmund actually? No, no one really expected when Wolfsburg's number four central defender makes the move to the German Cup winner. Mm. Let's, um, let's, let's talk about Dortmund actually because this is one of the games that was on Sky at the weekend in the UK and there's a lot of beef at the moment with with Sky, we don't like Sky coverage in the UK. It is poor. Why not? Because on BT Sport, you would have the Friday night game. You would have the Saturday evening game. You would have two of like, both Sunday games, the, the hour time, 2.30 and 5. And then on the Monday, you would have a Switer Bundesliga game as well. Whereas on Sky Sports, they are not doing that. And if you want to watch the games, they're on the Sky Sports app, which is only available on mobile. There is an option for the Sky Sports app on your TV. But when you go to it, there is no option for it. So they have ruined, they have single-handedly ruined Bundesliga football for the UK audience. And not just that, they've got the contract for the next four years. It is absolutely disgusting what Sky are doing to the Bundesliga. Not happy at all. And I know I'm not the only one. I've never heard about that, but that's just that's just rubbish. I mean, who wants to watch a game on a mobile phone? Precisely. I mean, I, I got away with it this weekend, to be fair, because I was cooking a roast dinner. So therefore, I had it on my iPad in the corner and I was peeling potatoes and doing whatever, seasoning up the pork and that. But on the whole, it is a bad, bad thing for the Bundesliga. And I'm pretty sure that the Bundesliga officials won't be happy about that because well, the whole league wants to um, wants to grow, especially on foreign market, because the German market is already 
uh, nearly fulfilled. And obviously, we need a good TV coverage in English speaking TV. Yeah. Well, the thing countries. is, like uh, on Sky, um, the fact it is on Sky, money talks, does it not? So uh, they will want more coverage of the games on TV. However, if you were to get the game on BT Sport for, I don't know, for argument's sake, 20 mil a year, but then for 50 mil a year, you're not going to have as many games on, but 50 mil is coming into your back pocket. I think the Bundesliga might have looked at the financial side of things, or they might have been missold. They might have been told, oh yeah, you're going to have X amount of games on. And they thought, you know what, fuck it, yeah, we'll go with that. But it's not the case. And the the... On the on the plus side, I would say that the commentary is decent because they've picked the guys that were on BT Sport and they've moved them over to the Bundesliga. You've got Alex, um, was it Derek Ray who who does it on bits of bobs like that? Do you know what I mean? But uh, I'm I'm really disappointed, Flo. Like I can't wait to come back to Deutschland and just watch the games at at three thirty on a Saturday afternoon with you guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you're you're always welcome in Germany and especially welcome to watch it live in the Bay Arena. You know, 100%, always 100%. It's going to be happening this season. This season, you will see Mac, Deva and Flo doing a show from the Bay Arena. But um, yeah, let's let's go back to the Bundesliga, uh, in the Bundesliga chat, the catch up. And Dortmund, they beat Hoffenheim in a fiery game. It's a very very fiery game on Friday night. The goalless at half time. However, there was about 150 yellow cards in the first half. Like Hoffenheim had two men on yellow cards after seven minutes. It was there must be beef between these two teams. Like what what's what's the crap flow? Well, mainly there's beef. I don't know if it's between the teams, but there was formerly between the clubs and especially between the Dortmund fans and the club Hoffenheim. Yeah. I don't know if that's the reason uh, why there were so many yellow cards, but uh, Dortmund CEO Hans-Joachim Watzke always complained about the fact that uh, the owner of Hoffenheim, Dietmar Hopp, uh, pushed his money into the club, that's pushed right. the club to Bundesliga, and this club is basically just nothing else than a plastic club from Dortmund's kind of view, because... Watzke sees Dortmund as the personification of the glorious traditional German yeah. football club built by working class. I don't know, but to be honest, Dortmund is on the on the stocks on the stock market, so mm -hmm. there's nothing non-commercial about Borussia Dortmund. <laughs> but you know, football fans aren't the cleverest, so Dortmund fans totally uh, agree with Watzke, and they were always um, blaming Dietmar Hopp and. Um, are being rude to him and just I just say rude because I like the the right word. Dietmar Hopp is suing the Dortmund fans for what they've said and what they've sung and uh, for what pictures they they draw on the stands about him and all the transparency they they wrote. So that's why that's especially among the fans or the, among the Dortmund fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real hate towards Hoffenheim. Well, we um, that, oh no, carry on. No, I just want to say, but if that all uh, shows on the pitch. I, I don't know. I doubt it. Yeah. I, I even doubt that uh, that most of the Dortmund players really know the, the backgrounds. If you would no, ask Haaland about, yeah. about Hoffenheim and if there's a problem with Hoffenheim, he will 
probably say I don't know what's what's wrong with them. This they have the wrong colors maybe with blue and white, but I don't uh, nothing else. <laughs> yeah, because like it was um I remember it was just into lockdown because I didn't obviously I knew about Ovnai, but I didn't read into it as such. It was just at the beginning of lockdown when I was still with part of two up top and myself and Alex Osborne, who, who you've obviously met um via two up top, we we read into it. You know, and you know, like how people were talking about it in the summer about the 50 plus one thing after the Super League stuff. Like, Alex and I had like a dossier put together pretty much of how Hoffenheim were the first to really shake things up. And then Leipzig came along, and Leipzig are the ones that always get the hate in this country for the the 50 plus one idea and all that sort of stuff because they are like 51% pretty much, aren't they? But Hoffenheim, the worst, <laughs> because when they, when they 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 literally paid their way to get to where they are, and they came seventh in their first uh, first season in the Bundesliga, and then were just flaunting cash around. But they did it in the way that QPR did it. I don't know anyone who's watching remember how uh, like Tony Fernandez was was splashing cash around, and like they signed like Chris Samba on like hundred grand a week, and it's like whoa. What's Chris Samba on hundred grand a week for? Like, you crap. Like, not you're not a crap. Like, that's disrespectful. But at that time, that money that they were spending on him, they could have gone out and got somebody who was world class on that sort of cash. So they were giving all their players, all their all the players that are like relatively average, they were giving them big big wages and that's something what Hoffenheim were playing at at the time in like 2007 2008 2009 sort of times so I understand why the hatred is there for Hoffenheim but but um yeah Dortmund I thought they were brilliant at the weekend they did concede a couple of goals Baumgartner with a nice little finish and De Boer he came off the bench and he he thought that he secured a point for Hoffenheim but it was a it was awful awful defending at the back and uh, and Harland was there did his thing bam there he was with a with a winning goal and a lovely little celebration to do it as well. It was awful defending, but the way Harland scored that goal again is unbelievable because there's only this tiny little spot where you can put the ball in, especially from the. From the range where he was coming and from mm. the angle he had to uh, towards the goal, that's right. And he just did it like, okay, there's no other option. I just have to nail the ball into the top corner, and he just nailed it. He did like like it was like a task like telling me spell your name, Florian. I, I don't know. I wouldn't do it as good as Haaland scored that goal. <laughs> do it as easy. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Um, let's talk about your best friends. FC Köln, they they beat newly promoted Bochum two one, and I I would like to ask you a question actually because it's not we really dubbed it, it as much, but the distance between these two grounds is what an hour forty five minutes an hour between Bochum and Köln yeah. Yeah, maybe an hour, a little more, maybe. Maybe about an hour, yeah. Depends what car you got. Depends if you hit the autobahn. If you do that, you probably do it in 26 minutes. But is this game classed as a derby? No, no, it's far away from a derby because... There's um, only an hour. 
It is in Northland Westphalia, where Köln is located, Leverkusen, etc., Dortmund, Schalke. You know, this is the area in Germany where you have the highest amount of population living on the compared on the tiniest space of landscape. So we have the whole area around the River Rhine with Cologne, Düsseldorf, with many people. You have the whole Ruhr, Ruhr area where approximately 8 million people are living. Mm -hmm. So obviously it's quite close by within an hour. So it would be a derby in Munich, uh, in Bavaria, for example, if you have Bayern Munich playing against Nuremberg, it's a derby, although they're an hour apart from each other. Mm -hmm. But here it's too far away. So Bochum just cares for the clubs that are in the Ruhr area, like Dortmund and Schalke. Maybe in the lower leagues, Earlier, you had Rot-Weiss Essen. Yeah, Rot-Weiss Essen. Yeah, I know about them. Yeah. Red, white, red, white eating. That's what it is, isn't it? Yeah, red, white eating. Exactly. <laughs> In Germany, we Thank say. Thank God uh, for Frau Cook, honestly, teaching me German things in year nine and 10. Carry on. <laughs> we, we Sometimes when you play against Essen, you're singing Rot-Weiss Essen, ficken and for, uh, unvergessen. And that means uh, red, white eating, fucking and forgetting. <laughs> translate it briefly <laughs> or maybe fuck them and forget them some, something like that Rotrein essen ficken und ficken, vergessen vergessen yeah exactly ficken, very vergessen. good yes oi don't watch me I can speak German you sound like a proper German oh, I am German that's why like, just like you are more, more proper German than many Germans are going <laughs> oh. back to my roots yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, Bochum doesn't care. Also, Ruhr area and Rhine area, yeah. Although they're quite close to each other, they don't care about each other. Yeah, they don't yeah, like yeah. each other, but there's no hate. Yeah, so almost far like far away from being a derby. Yeah, probably like London teams playing against teams in in Hertfordshire. You know, it's it, you know like like going from yeah. you know Arsenal to Watford. You know, we don't care about each other. It's not that far, really, is it? But then. Like it, line distance is is further away than it is from Arsenal to Chelsea, but because of public transport and stuff, you probably get to Watford in like twenty minutes and get to Chelsea in an hour. But it's not it's not it's not in the same it's county, the is it? Is Maybe it? one one difference could be the M twenty three derby, Brighton and Brighton. Yes, precisely. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Mm. But but I guess Devil will disagree. But Crystal Paris. For me, isn't London? It's, it's quite. No, it's Croydon. Out, it's it? Croydon. It's Croydon. Yeah, yeah, it's not London. And um, in fact, I need to get Davo's postcode again. Like, I can't remember if it's, if it's if it begins with an S or a C. If it begins with an S, then I will let him have this moment. I'll let him be part of London. But if it begins with a C, Devo, mon frere, I love you to bits. This is our venture. We are here together. We are 50 50. But you're a fraud. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping this at work so he doesn't see that bit. Um, I'm going to get beat up. To be fair, big up to Devo. Have you seen his trim? Yeah, six. <sighs> I was uh, very shortly before uh, buying a flight to London, just to Stansted, taking the train instantly to Croydon and uh, waiting for uh, Matthew's yard. Just, to, just yeah. to hope to see him soon. Wait, wait, yeah, honestly. I as soon as we finish this recording right now, I'm driving straight down to London so I could touch him on the face. Because that is the hardest trim. I was only with him on Monday. We went to a thing called Raver Tots, 
which is uh, like a rave I, I saw for it. babies. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was mad. My daughter loved it. His daughter loved it. My stepson hated it. <laughs> we even got him ear defenders and he was just like, nope, don't want to, don't want to be here. I'm like, great, tough. <laughs> you got to deal with it. DJ, look at MC Nita on the stage. I'm having a freaking wonderful time. <laughs> anyway, um, talk about wonderful time. You've always said that, that Freiburg is a decent night out. And um, yeah, I, I can assure you we'll have a wonderful time in the Freiburg night out. Yeah. But Freiburg had a wonderful time in the first half hour at Stuttgart. Oh, of course they did. And I imagine when they got home, they would have been having a fantastic time. They were 3 0 up inside, inside 30 minutes. And all three goals I had a lot of time for. Really impressed with um, Wu Yong. He was, he was on it. That well placed header for the first goal. The second goal perfectly controlled uh volley excuse me half volley which is brilliant and um holla 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 we them boys with a fantastic finish himself as well on 28 minutes yeah i can just just agree to that and at that point you were thinking or one was thinking okay what's going on here Freiburg leading 3-0 in stuttgart for not, not even half an hour are we gonna see like a total mess up but mm. um Stuttgart was able to pull back, but then the second half was really disappointing yeah. because I thought, okay, two goals just before half time, this is a game changer. Yeah, you know, Stuttgart is, is going upwards now. Yeah, in in the dressing room, sitting there, okay, and say, okay, we came back from three 0 It's just one goal. We messed up at the beginning of the game, but let's do it better. And then the second half was just like, I don't know, waiting for the end to come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. I'm, I'm actually quite disappointed in the way that Stuttgart applied themselves in the second half. And you think that, to be honest, I know they were 3-0 down, but even just that first goal from Mavropanos, which, fair play to him. You know, he danced all the way through. He, he, he got himself at the end of it. He, he finished it nicely. But even that one goal, you think, right, that's enough because the most dangerous time to score, well, to concede a goal, is on the stroke of half time. Because you think you're going into the changing room, we're going to have that conversation, we're going to make shit happen, we're going to be like, right, okay, let's go. But then only a minute later, El Gadoui, who was involved in that first movement, for, uh, in, in the movement for the first goal, he gets on the score sheet as well. I thought that they were going to turn it around. I really did. Really disappointed in Stuttgart. But what was Stuttgart doing last season? Set, away from home, doing bits. At home, not that great. Yeah, that's true, but they need to develop. If they want to fulfill their ambitions, they need to grab some uh, some points at home because Stuttgart or Stuttgart manager Sven Mislintat can say what he wants. That he wants to develop the club and develop the players calmly. But the whole area around Stuttgart, like it is with most of the big clubs in Germany, they are always thinking about or dreaming bigger than just being a midfield club or yeah. being an average club in the Bundesliga. Let Stuttgart play one or two, two or three years in the Bundesliga, and the fans will be desperate for playing European football yeah. by the European nights. And this is a problem they will face. But still, I'm uh, confident that Stuttgart is able, or that Bissinger is able to develop the club further or the squad further, that they're at some point maybe a top six contender. Yeah, 
They're not far off it. They're not far off it. But this is bad for Pellegrino. He has never beaten Freiburg in the top flight. Can you believe that? Well, it was just two games. Or um, this was the third game now. I think, I think it's, I've got a feeling it's been a couple more. Pellegrino is a coach. Don't think, don't think he's beaten. I don't know. Um, I would start worrying if Pellegrino has the same amount of un uh, of wins without a of games without a win like Augsburg has added with Leverkusen. Mm. But uh, on the other hand, it would mean that Pellegrino is uh, ten years trainer of Stuttgart, and this continuity would be good for a club like Stuttgart. Yeah, I I I, I really like Pellegrino. Anyway, I thought he was going to make a big move. When you know when we went through that managerial merry-go-round, I just thought he was going to be part of that. I honestly did. I thought maybe he would probably get the Wolfsburg job or something like that. I don't know. I, I really, I really rate Pellegrino. Um, but Union Berlin, they they got a win uh, against uh, against Gladbach two uh, one. I think Flo's back. Flo, Flo, go like that. Is back. Fucking hell! We've only had the show on for like forty five minutes, and uh, he's only just come back to the show. Welcome back, son. Um, <laughs> we heard you. We just couldn't see you. You had a mad cheeky grin, though. Go back and watch it. It's hilarious. Um, Union Berlin, 2-1 winners over Borussia Mönchengladbach. And um, for me, Union Berlin in full control this game. Um, Max Kruser had a wonderful time. He got that um, the award just before the show started as well. And he was fully deserved of the player of the year for last season for Max Kruser. Yeah, it was because Max Kruse was the key player of Union Berlin. It was a good or great team effort, but Max Kruse was the player who made the difference with Union Berlin. Mm. And um, so from that point of view, this award is fully deserved. Yeah, Union Berlin wouldn't be the same without Max Kruse. And I'm curious about what happens in summer because he only has a two-year contract and his contract terminates next year. And we'll see if he's... Um, has some aspirations for more or ambitions for more or if he um, sticks to you in Berlin and uh, it's just loving life yeah in Berlin he is he is loving life in Berlin um I've really got much more to say about that game um and uh, finally final game uh, before we go on to the words of wisdom of course um was Bayern Bayern slapping her to Berlin uh 5-0 now last time these two uh, teams turned out it was all about Kramerich. It was a Kramerich show. Back four goals in that game. And Lewandowski didn't get on the score sheet. So Lewandowski thought, you know what? Screw it. I'm getting involved this time. And he was wonderful. Muller was wonderful. Musiala, his finish was fantastic. Um, I'm, I'm not overly convinced by Bayern so far this season, though. If I am 100% honest. I don't think... Oh, I don't think that Nagelsmann is going to be in work by the end of this season. I think he will be because they just paid too much of money for him. Bayern won't pay 25 million for a coach and sack him after a season. They're not Tottenham with Andre Villas-Boas, for example. Mm. And this is what makes them a big club because they know that um, the work of Nagelsmann will pay off at some point. But the problem for German football is everyone has the impression that Bayern had a bad start because they draw in Gladbach and they didn't 
play good against Cologne. But in the in the end, they had three games, seven points. Yeah, yeah, just two points behind Wolfsburg. Give it two or three weeks, and Bayern is in the lead. Yeah, and then the season is officially over. I I, I don't know. I don't think this is going to be as convincing as it has been in the past. I don't know. I don't know. This is this is just my thoughts. Um, but I'm not going with Devo, if I'm honest. I'm not going with Devo. And I already believe that Devo would like to alter his prediction. So therefore, he's not going with a Leipzig win of the Bundesliga. I feel like that other teams this season, I feel like other teams will lose the Bundesliga rather than buy me to win it. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think that Bayern Munich, or I'm not saying Bayern Munich is, is going to win the, the championship with, with, with 10 points or 15 points ahead, like they had done very often in the last 10 years, the last decade. But um, Bayern Munich is getting better and better through a season. And unfortunately, other clubs aren't. Our clubs aren't. And mm. um, you see Dortmund already dropped the points in Freiburg. They nearly dropped the points against... Um, yeah, against Hoffenheim this weekend. Yeah. Leipzig seems not to be ready or seems to need some more time. And you don't have the time if you're playing in the league with Bayern Munich. If you want to become champion, you need to be there from the very first game in the season. Yeah. Put pressure on them and uh, try to stay as close to them as possible all the time. Maybe a step ahead of them. But um, that's so difficult since all the clubs don't have the continuity to beat smaller ones, beat the minor clubs in the league, grab the, the easy three points. Yes. No, I agree. Right then, it's now time for our favourite part of the show. It's back for a third season, if you want to call it that. Um, and it is the words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. So, the words of wisdom. Flozif, here is the picture. It is transfer deadline day. So, what's going on? Yeah, I take it from here. If anyone expects now some details about deadline day, I have to disappoint you a little bit, but only just a little, because obviously I want to talk about the transfer window if I'm talking about deadline day, because deadline day in the Bundesliga was yesterday. I guess it's not as spectacular as it is in England, or not such a big thing. Especially if you look at the sums of money the Bundesliga moved this season. So compared, I want to talk about, in general, the sums of money the Bundesliga paid in the development of all transfers from the Bundesliga combined in the last 15 years. And give you a little comparison afterwards to the Premier League. So you can see what or how much money you guys in England are wasting on key players, because if we're talking about, I don't know, international trophies, England is not so far away from the Bundesliga. But let's focus back on the Bundesliga. The Bundesliga this season, they paid 416 million euros in total for all new signings. And this sum is basically less than the half of the money the Bundesliga uh, paid at the highest point when it was two years ago before the corona pandemic there was it uh, in the season 2019 2020 it was 910 million euros so you can see 
that the Bundesliga is saving a lot of money. Last year, they spent even less than this year. But if you compare those two years, 910 million to 416 million, that's, that's a lot of money or it's a huge difference. And I like the fact, because to be honest, if you look at the Premier League, the Premier League spent 1.3 billion. Mm, so pennies. four times the money, more, more than four times the money the Bundesliga spent. And to be honest, most of the money that was spent is just wasted. It's not wasted on the players because I don't know, players like, uh, who's the guy that uh, Aston Villa bought from Norwich? The Argentinian one for 40 million. Oh, um, Buendia. Buendia, yeah. He's a good player. Great player. No doubt about that. But as a, I don't know, club facing maybe relegation or playing around midfield in the Premier League, paying 40 million euros for a player, this just doesn't fit together. And at least that's not affecting the Bundesliga. And if you even look back in the last years, uh, 15 years ago, for example, the Bundesliga just paid 143 million in total. Imagine that time, 143 million. There were, <laughs> it was a time when, I don't know, Werder Bremen bought Diego for yeah. 5 million. Everybody what said, a player, wow, by the way. Million. What a five, player yeah, Diego great. was. Can we talk about him? Wow. Genius. Loved him. Diego Ribas. I never liked Bremen, but I, full, I was full of respect for Diego and the way he yeah. played for Werder Bremen. Fantastic player. Fantastic yeah. player. And this when they, they sold him for 25 million. And this is basically, I don't know, 15% of the whole amount of money that was uh, moved in that transfer window when they sold him. So the transfer sums were uh, totally different back then. I just explained before you left that Bundesliga now this summer spent even less than the half they spent at the high, uh, when it was the highest point two years ago before the Corona pandemic. And in nice. contrast, England has no pandemic, obviously, or at least Manchester City has no pandemic hey. and Manchester United. Now, um, Diego, what was what's on the conversation with Diego? Um, <laughs> football manager has to has to be mentioned. And I, I, I remember lending my, because I didn't need my laptop as much anymore. And because I was like for more work and stuff, I lent to my very good friend Pete Hatfield, and he was using Newcastle in the 07 08 season of the 07 football manager. And he bought Diego, Diego Ribas, for a costly sum back in 2007 2008 for £25 million then. And the board kicked off. The fans kicked off. Why spending all this money on this player? Rah, rah, rah. It, honestly, he almost lost his job because he spent that much money on that player. Anyway, the following season, in all competitions, played like 60-odd games, got 30-odd goals, got 20-odd assists, had an average of 8.13 in that time period. Oh, the fans love Diego. Rah, 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 rah. So yeah, don't always kick off when play when teams spend a lot of money on certain players because might come back and bite you on the arse at some point. But no, Diego uh, on the whole, like this is the, a time when when Bundesliga football was on ITV four for the UK viewers of this uh, of this show, and it was it was brilliant. He was 
he's just a little magician, man. Like just playing in behind. He made he made number ten positions cool before they were called number tens. Players like him, players like Arshavin, you know what I mean? Like they were the players that you, if you're these are when you were still playing technically two strikers, or you just have someone just play a little bit deeper. So your your left left midfielder and your right midfielder were still midfielders that were up and down, up and down. Your fullbacks were overlapping those guys. And Diego Ribas would just sit just in front of that midfield four and just outside, or just behind your front man. That was Grafic times, was it not? But Grafic was at Wolfsburg. Oh, uh, Wolfsburg. Always, what was Diego, Diego was later at Wolfsburg too. He was. He wasn't yeah. as good but at Wolfsburg. He wasn't as, as good was as Wolfsburg. The, uh, who, who, was the, who was the Bremen? Who was the front man at Bremen then? 08, 09, 10. Well, there, there was Hugo Almeida. Almeida, yeah, Portuguese Ma- guy. Mar- Marcus Rosenberg, I believe. Yeah. And yeah, they were struggling a little because they had lost Miroslav Klose to Bayern Munich in mm. 2007. Yeah. And before that time, Klose was the man after Ailton. Ailton, top goal scorer. Yes, I remember watching him in the Toulon tournament in the 90s. And um, yeah. When Brazil were doing doing little bits, Ailton. Who else was playing for Brazil then? Oh God, I wasn't expecting to have this conversation. So therefore, now my head starts rattling. Like, who was playing for who? Then? But yeah, no, I remember Ailton. Hmm. The the nineties are, are too early for me. So the, my my first or my my special time were the two thousand until two thousand ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And later, but in two thousand two thousand ten, you had that or I had that childish love for football. Yeah, when you know, you know, you watch the second league matches. You know every player by uh, first and last name, all his stations in the career, mm-hmm. basically everything. This is what you kind of lose when you're becoming a teenager yeah. and have some other uh, interest uh, girls in mind. And uh, <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> but this time, Diego playing for Werder Bremen, Van der Vaart for Hamburg, the whole rivalry. Yeah, so many great players. I love that. Excellent. That were Flo's words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. But yes, that is that is it for the Bundesliga show for this week. Um, once again, I'm telling you, we're not putting the table up because it's too early. Not gonna bother looking at tables until uh, with the championship. So this this is so English. What what the tables? Yeah, I just just heard from my English teacher at work that the newspapers, even newspapers, weren't printing the tables until match day six. Yeah, back in the days in England. Like, yeah, because like, because the there's not the evident, not enough evidence and data no. for printing a table. Well, we've got the data there, but then like, look, Arsenal are bottom of the league in the Premier League, and Tottenham are top. We know that's not how the season's going to end. So, what's the point of putting it up? It's embarrassing for Arsenal and for Tottenham. Tottenham, not, not even Tottenham, the week before with uh, with West Ham. West Ham were top of the table. West Ham fans were calling TalkSport going, hey, end of the day, we're top of the league. We're top of the league. Shut up, man. You played two games. You know? Calm it. Absolutely calm it down. And and like the same, same with right now as well with the Bundesliga. You know, let's, let's just wait. Let's just wait until... 
the the table looks more realistic. We haven't even done it on our championship show either, Il Campionato, and we played like five games in there, five six games. So we're not we're not even putting a table up in that division until week uh, until game day ten. That's when the first table's going up in the championship, and on the Bundesliga, um, seventeen, bit, um, probably match day five or six before we put a Bundesliga table. And if you want to look at the Bundesliga table, just go online, put it into Google. The same time you put in MAD Sports Network into Google, and they'll be able to find all of our stuff on plenty levels of social media. But um, that is it, Flozif. I'm going to go. I'm hungry. Um, I imagine you are. I made you wait half hour. So um, for myself, Gav Mac, and with the boy Flo, thank you very much. We'll see you very, very soon. Goodbye. That's the words of wisdom. <laughs> Let's put the outro. <laughs> <laughs>